This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. My cousin's there, we're talking. We got, you got in the restaurant for me? Fuck you, you can't take me out of here. Well, we won't extradite you. Pope turns around and says, there's no extradition over here. We don't have no extradition treaty. You gotta leave. It's from the fucking Pope. Anthony was released from hospital after Vietnam in 1975. We're going to skip a few years into the future because we can. I was so excited when I first read this part of the story. And trust me, this will leave you staggered. This is episode six of The Enforcer, Church Boys. When I had the Shylock business was still going. I had numbers, sports, after hour clubs we started getting into, social clubs where I had card games in. Whatever was going on, I made sure I had my hand in it and I was doing it. I get a call from my cousin, Marcinkus. He's the head of the Vatican Bank. And my cousin, Ramundi, they're all cardinals in the Vatican. Paul Casimir Marcinkus was president of the Vatican Bank from 1971 to 1989. Officially known as the Institute for Religious Works, the Vatican Bank manages the Holy See's financial investments for overseas funds entrusted to it by religious orders and individuals. And Luigi Raimondi was an Italian cardinal of the Roman Catholic Church. He served as the Prefect of Sacred Congregation for the Causes of Saints from 1973 until he died on June 25th, 1975. My cousin's talking on the phone. He tells me, listen, he says, we got a deal going here. I said, what's up? Because I don't want to talk about it over overseas phone. I'm going to come in. Eh, all right, next up, I'll come in. Comes in to see me. He says, listen, we got a deal. We got a guy who's got stock. All the stocks from the Vatican, they're all, we got a guy who counterfeited them all, made copies, and we've been selling them all over. Do you want to get in on it? I says, yeah. I said, wait a minute, the Vatican, what about the Pope? Pope Paul VI. He put it together. He says, yeah, it's okay. He gets back on the plane, goes home. A few days later, a fucking box comes to my house like this. Not that thick. I open up the fucking stocks. $100 denominations each one. $100, $1,000. Holy fucking shit. I go and get in touch with my friend Joey P. He was working in commodities at the stock market. I met him through my cousin Mac. So I told him, Joey, look, this is what we got. He goes, I got a nephew that's in the regular stocks. He goes, we can move this. I said, fine with me, man. I got no problem with that. So I was giving him the stocks. He was selling the stocks. Now, the stocks were the same ones that the Vatican had, but these were counterfeits. They were forgeries. We're selling them like crazy. I knew the old man Rayo in Jersey. He was head of the family in Jersey. I went out to see him. He introduced me to his nephew, Pete Martell. Petey went under the name Pete Martell. Petey Rayo, because the old man's name was Rayo. And in the Jewish community, he called himself P.D. Matzah. But he had a connection with the stock market in Jersey, the Jersey stock markets. 
Anthony and the families were about to make a ludicrous amount of money. But when you're pulling in so much dough, regardless of how secretive and clever you think you are, there's always something or someone that slips through the cracks. It wouldn't be long until the feds were chasing up Anthony and his cashed up pals. Now this started up in uh, April. So everything's going good. I mean, we were making money May, June, July, August. September comes, and I hear that Pete got arrested. He got pinched in Jersey. Now, all of a sudden, my father gives me a call. I went out to the club. He says, the agency here looking for the FBI. Now, one of the guys who was involved with me, and this my friend Carmine, he comes down to 30 and he goes, Ante, so he goes, the FBI is looking for me. Said, well, they're looking for me, too. Now, all the other guys I had, there were seven of us all together. I said, let's get everybody together. The feds are looking for us. Let's, I said, we're getting out of Dodge. I don't know what the fuck's going on. We're getting the fuck out. At that time, you could just go right to the airport and say, give me seven tickets to go to Italy. You didn't have to show no ID. You paid the cash and you got on the plane. I called my cousin up. I said, listen, something's going on over here. I told him what was going on. He goes, get on the plane. I said, I'm at the airport. I goes, come here right away. He goes, let me know what flight. I took, when I got the flight, I told him, he says, we'll be at the airport and we'll meet you. Hours later, the next day, plane for the jet lands, we all get off. Now I get word from New York that Pete Martell got arrested and he's giving up everybody. I said, that motherfucker. I says, I told my cousin, this is where it's coming from. He said, you stay here. They put me up in the Vatican Hotel and they put my friends up in rooms. But everybody was like on a different floor. I knew where all that where all of them were, but they didn't know where I was. Because, you know, these are my relatives there. I had broads, booze, <laughs> any fucking thing I wanted. Now in Vatican City, you gotta understand, they have their own TV station, they have restaurants, they got bars, nightclubs, they got everything you want. You can live in Vatican City because it's a big it's a city, like Brooklyn and Staten Island put it together and it's Queens. It's a fucking city. So I can live hey, I, I can live the rest of my life. Yeah, I'd be fucking happy. I don't give a shit. Pretty lush. Now. The next part of the story is mind-boggling and arguably the most wild part of Anthony's life when you factor in the potential ramifications of their dealings. I'm going to shut up for a while now and let Anthony do the talking. What happens about about 10, 12 days, FBI comes to fucking Italy. They go right to the Vatican. My cousin's there, we're talking. We got, you got the restaurant for me? Fuck you, you can't take me out of here. Well, we won't extradite you. Pope turns around and says, there's no extradition over here. We don't have no extradition treaty. You gotta leave. It's from the fucking Pope. He knew what we'd done because we sent him a lot of money, this guy. So this is going back and forth. So my cousin says, he says, do you want to go back to the States? I said, yeah, soon. I'd like to go back one day or another. He goes, I got something worked out, don't worry. Tells the guy, he says, i tell you what. To say, I want you to bring your the phony stock you got, you got any with you? He says, yeah, bring it tomorrow. You got a stock expert? He says, yeah, but he's not. He'll be here tomorrow. He goes, bring him here tomorrow, and we're going to work on the deal. So the guy says, all right. He goes, we'll work on a deal that they'll be able to come back to the States. Now this guy thought what the fuck he was going to get. They come back, and my cousin sees him. My cousin says, now, here's what I got over here. This is the real stock that the Vatican has. This one here is the one we counterfeited. Puts them together. Now, the one that was counterfeit had the stamps on it was counterfeit, so you couldn't get it confused with the real one. 
tells the expert, look at the stock and tell me what you see. Guys, look at 10 minutes. He's going up and down, front, back, sideways. The fuck, the fuck a piece of motherfucking paper like this. Fucking 10 minutes. He goes, I can't see nothing wrong with the stocks. They're perfect forgery. Now, I don't even know what the fuck is going on. My cousin said he had a fail safe. He goes, look at it again. Another five minutes with the fucking eye scoping. I can't tell. My cousin says back, he goes, this is your expert. He goes, you better get him the fuck out of here. You better get rid of him. He said, this guy ain't worth shit. Now, these are cardinals talking like this. They're going to show you what type of uh, thing they have down there. He goes, look at the serial number on both stocks. He goes, ain't it the same serial number on the original and the forgery? The guy goes, yeah. He goes, look at the batch number on both stocks. Same batch number on both stocks? He says, yeah. He goes, look at the registration number. Ain't it the same number on both stocks? The guy says, yeah. So my cousin says, here's what we're going to do. We're going to make you a deal. We're going to give you back X amount of dollars. They're going to come back to the United States, and there's no charges pressed against them. And the money we give you, you can give to the people who bought the stocks. He says, but here's what you're going to do. You're going to turn around and get in touch. And he, he, he had a whole list. He said, I'm giving you the whole list of everybody. You're going to get in touch with each one of them, and you're going to tell them. There was a problem in the stocks, in the, uh, in the, you know, wherever, the room, wherever they have them. Tell them there was a flood or tell them there was a fire and the stocks got destroyed. You're going to issue them new stock with a different serial number, different batch number, different registration number. And we give you, I think it was like over $500 million they gave them. We pulled in from the New York stock market, we pulled in over $3 billion. I kept the Colombo family at that time became the most richest fucking family going. I had business with the Gambino family. They were the Genovese. They all made tons of money with me. I mean, they were making who's worth 150 million, 300 million, 600 million, but the Vatican had to get their share. And they got the lion's share of it. So you look at it this way, they're still making it. They didn't care. So I said, now nah, that's what you're going to do. And you're going to tell everybody, issue them the new stocks. He says, so they go, nah, I'm not going to do that. So he says, okay. He goes, what do you think is going to happen in the United States that it gets out that all those stocks are phony? They're not worth the paper they're written on. He goes, a recession, yeah, but you'll go right into a depression and the stock market's going to crash. Then you're the one to blame. He goes, so now I suggest you get on the phone. Here's the phone. Call your boss in the United States. Tell them what the deal is and tell them it's either that deal or no deal. So the agents look at me and said, me, I could live here forever. I said, no, my guy said, oh, fuck you. We'll stay here forever. The guy calls. He's got to be about... Uh, 10, 12 feet away. Then he had, remember the old phones, the rotary phones? Mm-hmm. And he's holding that thing up. You hear that, we could hear the agent yelling over the You fucking moron, make the deal. You, what are you fucking stupid? I started laughing. <laughs> Guy hangs up the phone. He goes, Well, my boss and my cousin goes, We heard what your boss said, you fucking moron, you fucking idiot. Make the deal. This agent, he turned red, he looked like a fucking tomato. They draw up all the papers. We all signed the papers. And they give him. And they gave, my cousins gave them money to bring back with the list. But my cousin says, oh, excuse me, we hold the original. They're still in the Vatican probably to this day. The original agreement that in case they try to pinch us, we just pull this out. The agents go back. They go back to the United States. They get in touch with the people, tell them, you know, whatever, so whether there was a fire or a flood or whatever. And they were using some of this money to back up the phony stock. We went home a week later. 
And Joey P, he was like shitting on his fucking hands because he figured we were going to get pinched any day. I said, we're not going to get pinched. We were, he held his breath all the while on the fucking flight back. We got back to the United States. We landed. He became a sigh of relief. I'm driving. I started getting fucking paranoid. They were all relaxed. Now I'm getting paranoid. Said, yeah, motherfucker, we're going to get pinched. I didn't relax until I was in my house. I said, no, we got away with it. P.S. The stock is still floating around to this day. It ain't worth the fucking paper it's written on. And we're talking about billions of dollars in fucking stock money. I went to Catholic school for 13 years. And although I'm not a practicing Catholic anymore, hearing that the Vatican was capable of such corrupt and elaborate schemes is hard to wrap my head around. But this isn't new. The Catholic Church has been embroiled in scandals for decades. There have been countless reports and countless books written about trying to uncover the truths. And it's not just dodgy counterfeit operations that have made the headlines. One glaring oversight is that people tend to forget Vatican City is a country, a sovereign state. Most people just think of it as a religious city. Due to its sovereignty, it has the ability to withhold confidential information, particularly from regulators and authorities. With this in mind, it provides the power brokers a cloak of secrecy. Further to the point, in Gerald Posner's book published in 2015, titled God's Bankers, he writes that the Vatican Bank was created in the middle of World War II, so the Vatican could elude American and British intelligence who were trying to stop countries like the Vatican from trading with the enemy. That's right, they were trying to conceal their financial dealings with none other than Adolf Hitler's Nazis, bundling life insurance policies of Jewish refugees who had been sent to Auschwitz and other death camps. They were taking the cash value of them, so when surviving children or grandchildren of the victims tried to collect on insurance policies, they were refused. So why am I telling you this? Because when you factor in the millions of lives and stack it up against Anthony's claims, then truly anything seems possible with the Vatican. Uh, Pope Paul VI, he dies. Now they bring in Pope John Paul I. Nicest guy, but stupid. Turns around, he calls a meeting. All the cardinals, all the bishops and everything, that he says he's going to have a meeting that week, and whoever was involved in the stock and everything, the fraud, he's going to have them defrocked and excommunicated at the church, which means now they fall under Italian law. And then the United States could get them. So I get a call that they're coming in. Okay, come in. They come into the United States. They come to the house. We're talking. He says, listen, this is what's going on. I said, what about He goes, no, no. He goes, this is what's going on. He says, we got to ask you a favor. All right. Because you got to come back with us. Show us how to kill the Pope. I said, what? Show us how to kill the Pope, but kill him humanely. Are you out of your fucking mind? Kill a Pope? Are you fucking stupid in the fucking head? No, we're very serious. We want to get rid of him, but humanely. Now, my grandfather's over there, and he says, you got to go with him. I said, Papa, will you fucking the Pope? Don't make a fucking difference. He says, you go there. They're going to do it. So they says, we'll do it, but you'll be our witness. Witness to fucking who? You'll be our witness before God. And I'm saying, these guys are fucking massive fucking drugs. We mean your witness before God. When we die and we go before God and he says, you killed Pope John Paul I, we could say we did it humanely 
and Anthony's our witness. And you can verify we've done you mainly. Are you fucking guys kidding me or what? You have to go. My grandfather said, you have to go. Whoa. I honestly don't know what to say. Astonishing? That's a word for you. But it doesn't do what you've just heard any justice. Anthony did what he was told. He went to the Vatican to orchestrate a cruel and utterly savage deed. I go with them. This is what could we, how could we do it quietly and humanely? I said, you got to be out of your fucking mind. I said, look, give him some Valium or something in his tea. He likes it sweet, knocks him out. Get potassium cyanide, glass bottle, glass eyedropper, fill it up, put it in between his lips like this, squeeze it, walk out of the room. Every night around 11 o'clock, the Pope has a guy come in and check on him. Do you need anything? Is he sleeping or whatever? Well, this guy runs in and he starts ringing the bells and everything. The Pope is dying. There's something wrong with the Pope, the Pope, the Pope. Everybody comes running out, the doctors and everything. Doctor comes down, they all come running out. They put the stethoscope on the chest with the scope. Pope is dead. Took a heart attack. Now they all start crying. <laughs> you phony cocksuckers. Did you fucking just kill the guy? He's a fucking crying. My cousin, he always tells me, we got to make it look good. A little bunch of treacherous motherfuckers. I mean, they whacked this fucking guy. He's gone. That's it. Anthony's timelines marry up. His cousins in the Vatican check out. And if you Google Pope John Paul I's cause of death, then yep, there it is, listed as a cardiac arrest. Have you seen Godfather Part 3? If you have, the similarities are uncanny, aren't they? We'll just leave it at that. It's time for Anthony to go back to Brooklyn. Although, the Vatican had some other ideas. Now, I go back to the United States. My grandma, I see everything went all right. I go back, and then they have another, looking for another pope. And who they get in? Pope John Paul II. He's in four days. I get a call. We're coming to, we're coming to the United States. We've got to see you. I said, what's right now? Nah, we're going to see about something. They come to the house. They said, this Pope John Paul said he's calling the meeting for this Saturday. What are they going to do with me? Well, you got to fly back with us. Why? If it don't go our way, he's got to go. Oh, you out of your fucking mind? I thought, you, are you fucking could kill another fucking pope? What are you fucking stupid? Doesn't make a difference. Nobody's going to question us because the doctors live in Vatican City and they're with the church. The embalmers are with Vatican City. Everything is with Vatican City. So if you're a doctor and you're with Vatican City, but you live like outside of Vatican City, you can't touch the pope. You got to be living inside Vatican City. Things were starting to get out of control. Anthony felt used and deep down pretty rotten during the situation. But just like the army, he had no choice. If the Vatican gave the order, there was only one option. When I come out visiting me again, they told me that Pope John Paul II was going to call a meeting for that Saturday. And I had to fly back with them because the meeting didn't go the way they wanted. They were going to kill him. I went fucking berserk. How are you going to kill another fucking Pope? What are you guys fucking crazy? And Marcinkus turned around, he told me, it's my cousin, he says, throughout history, we kill always killed popes. If we don't like the guy who's in, we kill him and we put our own guy in. I looked at my grandfather, he says, you gotta go. I said, but Papa, what the fuck? He goes, you gotta go, this is family. It's okay. 
It's family. It's all right. I got to go. I'm back on the plane. I'm complaining all the time. You guys are out of your fucking mind. He says, Anthony, this is the way it's run. He says, I'm not looking to go to prison. You're not looking to go. He goes, fuck this. He goes, if he doesn't do the right thing, he's fucking history. Back to the Vatican. Back to the fucking Vatican Hotel. I got there on a Wednesday, and the meeting was called for Saturday. They were prepared to kill him Saturday night. They were prepared. They already had the, the Valium. They had the... Uh, the potassium side, they had everything ready for this guy. So the meeting was called for, I think it was 10 or 11 o'clock Saturday morning. So the day's going by, about two o'clock, the door opens up to the to my, to the, to the room that I'm in. But a bang, like he opened it up like and he heard a bang up against the wall. He had a fucking look on his face and a puss. I looked at him and I said, oh, fuck. I said, oh, I'm going back to the Vatican tonight and to the thing, and this Pope is dying tonight. He walks over to me. I want to kick him in his fucking balls. He puts his hand on my shoulder. I look it up at him. I says, don't tell me. He says, yep. He says, get ready for tonight. I said, you kid, we're going to kill another fucking Pope. He goes, yep, get ready for tonight. Said, you guys are fucking nuts. I says, I just look at him. He goes, look at me. He goes, nah, I'm only fucking kidding with you. I wanted to hit him in the fucking ball. Said, what? He goes, Pope John Paul II turned around and says, whatever transpired before my reign as Pope is completely forgotten about. I'm only concerned about from today on, he said. This guy has no idea. You know the old saying, he made it by the skin of his teeth, they were going to kill him that fucking night if he was going to do it. Ruthless. Utterly ruthless. But as we know, history would take its course and Pope John Paul II would be celebrated as one of the greatest to have ever graced the Vatican. Italian TV media sources claim his last words, uttered in Polish, were, let me go to the Lord. Only twist here, how close was he to being with the Lord in the late 70s? Because he knew, no matter where, but he knew that Pope John Paul I got whacked. He fucking knew it, because when he was publicizing that he was going to excommunicate and defrock everybody... A lot of people weren't happy with that. He knew that they killed him. And he says, and Pope John Paul II was a nice guy. He was smart, but he said, you know what? Fuck you, better you than me. He goes, I got nothing to do with it. I want to live. So he says, that's it. My cousin, Marcinkus, he left the Vatican in the 90s. And he went down to, uh, he retired to Sun Valley, Arizona. He took about maybe 50, 60 mil with him when he went there. My other cousins, they all were retired, but then the new crop of cousins is in there now. There'll be skeptics out there who doubt some of Anthony's big claims. And I guess if you're one of them, then in fiction, there's always an element of truth. Put it this way, what you've just listened to is more than just a blurry photo of Bigfoot. So, what comes next? What about Hollywood? That's right. Anthony really was involved here, there, and everywhere. Quoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. 
to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, price line. Next time on The Enforcer. I had a friend of mine, Philip Esco, worked with Paramount Pictures, and he got in touch with me one day. He said, I'm coming into Brooklyn. I want to speak to you. He says, all right, what's up? Comes in, he says, I need a club. He goes, we're going to film a movie. It's going to be called Saturday Night Fever with John Travolta and uh, Donna Pascal. The Enforcer is a Podular Media production in conjunction with 360DMG and recorded at Carpe VM Studios, New York. All music copyright is owned by Epidemic Sound. Narration, storyboarding and audio production by Rob Crawford. Scripting and storyboarding by Adrian Horton. Interviewing and research by Robert Huxley. On-site recordings from Charles De Benedictis, Rod Marcus, Rod Nunez and Jeff Rao. The Enforcer is based on When the Bullet Hits the Bone, the amazing and possibly true life story of the last Mafia Enforcer. All accounts and claims are that of Anthony Raimondi.